In this podcast series dedicated to the Impact Investing Week of Fonds News, we will look at the supply and demand side of impact investing, data challenge, and value creation. In today's podcast, social bonds are emerging as the most prominent of sustainable bonds in 2020. COVID-19 fuels the rise of fixed interest assets seeking to support healthcare, employment, and housing during the pandemic. My name is Marije Groen, and today we welcome Simon Bond, Director of Responsible Investment Portfolio Management at Columbia Threadneedle. Simon, welcome. Great to have you here. Thank you. Now, before we start talking about how COVID-19 has sort of reimbursed the issuance of social bonds, can you maybe share with us why you find these investments so interesting? Well, actually, that goes back um, around about 29 years, funnily enough, uh, of the 34 years that I've been in the markets, 29 have been specialising in corporate bonds. The very first entity that I analysed as a a young, fresh-faced, clean-shaven analyst was Peabody Trust Housing Association, the legacy of George Peabody, the Victorian philanthropist. So right from my very earliest experiences, I felt that actually this hard-nosed financial world that I'd got into could do good for society. And really, that was the basis of my interest and indeed the basis of the strategies that I run. Right, right. Now, I think until recently for everyone, the focus of green bonds was mainly on the environment. But now, because of the pandemic, what we see happening is a shift going into health, mental health, employment. To what extent do you consider or do you think this shift is going to be a permanent one? I think it is. I often get asked whether this will supplant the environmental side of things. I don't think so. I think this will supplement the environmental side. So I think this is permanent. I think that um, social issues are clearly coming into sharp focus because of the pandemic. But I think this will be a permanent extension of people's um, analysis and interest into the wider social issues. Uh, and of course, now we see that there is a stimulus to um, to the whole uh, caused by the COVID nineteen, and which will require a funding. Uh, and do you think that maybe with these circumstances, also it's likely that um, social bonds will become an independent asset class on their own? Well, I don't like to see any of these specific use of proceeds bonds as independent on their own, as you as you say, because at the end of the day, even a green bond, it's just a bond. It's the same profit and loss account, the same balance sheet, etc. What I think is important about these types of things is one, the specific use of proceeds. So you effectively know where your money is going and what good that money will be doing. But equally important is the reporting. There's a requirement under the ICMA principles for both green and social bonds for reporting. And that's very, very important. Right. Right. I get it. So not independent, but as a part of then. Yeah. Um, How do you target the so-called SDG, the Sustainable Development Goal with social bonds? What can you tell us about that? Well, in the strategy that I run, we specifically have seven areas of social outcome that we are targeting, the things that we regard as being social. So that still remains our target. Our definition of what is a social bond is, does it hit one of those seven areas of social outcome? But in addition to that, we really value the UN SDGs and we value them as a common language. If you think about, say, in the financial world, a sharp ratio allows you to compare different asset classes, bonds with equities, etc., etc. We see the same thing 
in the UN SDGs. It's a common language and it allows you to analyze your equity portfolio, compare it with your property, with your fixed income direct lending. But the important thing is you have to do it rigorously and you have to do it properly. So we don't just target the 17 SDGs, we actually get down to the underlying 169 targets that underlie those 17 SDGs and we will map each and every bond in our strategy to those 169 targets to then feed through to the 17 SDGs. And we create a profile for the fund. Despite the fact we're not specifically targeting the SDGs, we take it really, really rigorously because we think it's important for our investors. Right. So 169, you say. Uh, what, what guidelines do you use to determine whether a bond qualifies actually as social or not? Well, in terms of whether it is social or not, it has to hit one of those seven areas of social outcome. And they follow Maslow's hierarchy of needs in addition as well. So we're looking at social housing, we're looking at health, education, jobs amongst those seven. So that's what qualifies for, um, for inclusion in our universe and indeed each and every bond in the portfolio, it would have to hit at least one of those seven areas of social outcome. Clear, clear. And what are your thoughts about the clarity of the existing frameworks that have been developed for social bonds? Well, we very much value the ICMA principles and indeed for sustainability bonds, the guidelines. And as you know, they've just been updated. I was on the working party for the social bond principles that have just published that update. So very much keen for people to read those and for issuers to follow those principles if possible. Now, not every single one of those um, COVID bonds has followed those principles, but what we're looking for the, uh, the essentials behind it, particularly the reporting. So we very much would like people to follow the principles and indeed um, the sustainability linked principles that have just newly come out, etc. So we're looking for that. I think probably we may see developments in terms of um, the, the policies to get uh, transition bonds up and running. We've seen a, a few transition bonds and we may need to slightly change the principles going forward to, to cover those. That's a, a particular policy of one of the other members of the committee. We will wait and see because you can actually encompass transition bonds within the existing principles. It is possible to do that. Right. Now, we all know that fixed income impact investors typically are interested in a quantifiable uh, impact. Is that something that's even possible with social bonds? It's always the question. Um, if I didn't yeah. get asked that question, <laughs> I would think there was something wrong. It's quite difficult when you move from the environmental, and it's difficult enough to get consistent measurement in environmental, but when you move to the social, how do you value the benefits of education to society? How do you value the benefits, really pertinent at the moment, of health to society? And if you could, they, they have to be different measurements for those two different outcomes. So what we look for, the leap of faith that we take, is we look for evidence. So we will take measurements from wherever we can find them, and we will use those as evidence. And that's the key thing. Could, could, could you give a, a very practical example? Well, of the that? sorts of things that we look for, actually, when it comes to social, it, it generally boils down to people. Now, I, I really got this loud and clear from Florence at Danone, who were the first corporate issuers of a social bond. And they said they were looking at measurements. And actually, they kept going down blind alleys and it kept coming back to people because what is society? It is a collection of people. We might call them tenants. 
We might call them patients. We might call them students. We might call them employees. It's about people. Mm -hmm. So the really important measurements tend to relate back to people. But it's not just about numbers. It's also about quality, just like jobs. It's not just about the quantum of jobs. It's about the quality of that provision yeah, for employment. That's particularly difficult, right? The, then the impact it on is, that and you have to you have to encompass yeah. some of those um, qualitative aspects in that. I think that's one of the things that becomes quite difficult. You have to recognise that it's not just the quantitative. You have to also encompass qualitative aspects. Yeah. So, so let's say we talk about. Patients. What would be a quality measurement that you would incorporate? Well, certainly in terms of in terms of patients, you can look. Um, if, if we if we took at one of uh, one of the the Madrid um, um, bond that predated the COVID crisis, but nevertheless applies itself to um, a health outcome, those kind of statistics that are being produced there would be a, a very good thing. It's number of patients, the type of um, the type of um, quantum of, of patients is fundamental to all of this but it's also the nature of the outcomes clearly you know the nature of the the success rates the amount of money that is put into the equipment etc where is our money actually going what is it being spent on and typically what you see with the bond market is it tends not to be necessarily the services it tends to be the infrastructure the buildings the machines the, the those kinds of things that the bond market is really good at funding and so actually that's absolutely fine because what we want to be funding is sustainable investment we don't want companies leveraging up their balance sheet just to issue a bond to us so it's appropriate if you think back to the victorian era with the railway bonds That's a high capital outlay, a long payback period. That's exactly what the bond market is good at funding. So it can be the type of use of proceeds and the type of equipment, buildings, those sorts of things that's also important to measure. Very clear, very clear. Um, why do you think that investors should uh, incorporate social bonds into their fixed income asset allocation? Well, in the first case, the, the main thing to say is that people have this preconception that you should sacrifice financial returns in order to do good. Absolutely reject that idea. And I have spent the last six and a half years proving that you don't need to sacrifice financial returns in order to Can achieve social benefits. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, of the strategies that we've been running, uh, we have... Um, You could look at the performance as evidence that you don't need to do that. And, and that is very, very important because if you then take that preconception, put that to one side and say, okay, now would you also, in addition to earning a financial return that you should expect for the risk that you're taking, like to direct your investments to things that are going to do good in society? I will turn your question around and say, well, why wouldn't you? invest in social beneficiary um, type, type ways. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that people have to, but I want to provide an option. You have the option to either have conventional investments, environmental investments, and what I'm providing is the option for social investments. Social investments. And this is very much okay. swimming with the tide, I think now. This is coming our way. And unfortunately, the COVID crisis has focused people's mind on these things through something that's very, very bad in society. But nevertheless, it makes it very, very clear about how, the, how important these things are. Yeah, there's even more momentum now, uh, exactly, if I hear you. Exactly. Yes. 
do you then think that social bonds offer, en- offer enough diversification? So when we look at the spread across countries, sectors, currency? Well, it's very much like the green bonds. When they started, it started all those years ago with the climate awareness bonds. They weren't called green bonds, but the EIB started. The supranationals, the agency, that's where things start. And again, we've seen that. Uh, BNG were the first issuers of a social bond after the principles were established in the 2nd of June 2017. Uh, So there we have um, an agency, a Dutch agency, um, targeting social housing. That's how it starts. But of course, I'm not happy. I want wider. I want much more in terms of could we have governments issuing social bonds? I think absolutely yes. Banks issuing social bonds. We have seen some, so we've already got some of those. Corporates issuing social bonds. I've already mentioned Danone, who were the first issuer of a a social bond um, since those principles were established. So, yes, I want much more diversity. I want issuers to recognise that they can issue these types of bonds. Uh, And in the case of Pearson, who have just issued one, which is an educational outcome, I spent six and a half years badgering Pearson, telling them that they could issue a social bond and hallelujah, finally we've got one. Definitely. Uh, now, I know Columbia Threadneedle uh, manages um, a European social bond strategy. Maybe you can tell us a bit more uh, about the strategy as a whole. Yes. So what we're targeting are those seven areas of, of social outcome. Um, and we are following the money through to the use of proceeds. So when we talk about social, it's the impact that that use of proceeds has on society and on economies. We're focusing on deprivation. So we're looking at deprived communities. It might be the young, it might be the old, it might be refugees, it might be the disabled. Um, It could be any constituent of that, but we are focusing on deprivation and we're also focusing on additionality. So we have a big emphasis on things that are doing, that are adding to society, either through services or infrastructure, etc, etc. Both of those particular things we measure. Uh, and we actually score. So there's a big emphasis on that. One of the other things that you may be surprised to see that we measure is the quality of reporting. Really important to me, uh, the quality of reporting, and to, to such an extent that we actually score that. Because a lot of companies that come through and I talk to about issuing a social bond, I ask them lots of awkward questions because a big part of what we do is engagement. And I ask lots of awkward questions and some companies say, why should I go to the time, the effort, the cost of providing all this information? The answer to which is, if you give me better reporting, better evidence, I will get a better score on the social side. I will buy more of your bonds and at the margin, which is how economics works, I'll lower your cost of capital. So it's an incentive based approach. It's using economics. And that's the that's the approach that we very much take. There are some other elements to it as well. I've mentioned Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And clearly it's a European social bond strategy. And sitting where I do, I have to explain what I mean by European. Ladies and gentlemen, I sit in London in the United Kingdom. And what we mean by European (laughs) is geographical Europe, because that will not change. Mr Farage will not be moving the UK into the middle of the Atlantic anytime soon. And so we maintain the relationships that we've had for thousands of years across society in Europe. And we will actually look for 80% of the impact of this strategy being domestically focused in geographical Europe. Um, so the strategy strives for return uh, comparable to that of an European credit market, uh, where traditionally we see uh, issuers of social bonds coming from finance or public sectors. Why do you use this benchmark? 
basically what we want to do is prove that you don't need to sacrifice financial returns. And so, of course, we use a conventional benchmark, not a specialist benchmark. Um, in fact, they are only just being developed for social bonds, but we could have compared ourselves to a sustainability or an ethical benchmark. We don't because we want to prove that you don't need to sacrifice financial returns. So we compare ourselves to the full extent of the corporate bond market, some of which we wouldn't be buying. So you mentioned some of the constituents there. We don't buy alcohol. We don't buy tobacco. We don't buy arms manufacturers, etc. But nevertheless, we still compare ourselves to the whole breadth of the corporate bond market. And that's how we can prove that you don't need to sacrifice financial returns in order to achieve these social aims. Thank you very much. I would like to thank today's guest, Simon Bond, Director of Responsible Investment Portfolio Management at Columbia Threadneedle for his insights. This podcast about impact investing is offered to you by Columbia Threadneedle. It was recorded as part of the Impact Week of Fonts News. For more podcasts on impact investing, please visit fontsnews.com forward slash podcast. Important information for use by professional and or qualified investors only, not to be used with or passed on to retail clients. Past performance is not a guide to future performance. Your capital is at risk. The value of investments and any income is not guaranteed and can go down as well as up and may be affected by exchange rate fluctuations. This means that an investor may not get back the amount invested. This document is not investment, legal, tax or accounting advice. Investors should consult with their own professional advisors for advice on any investment, legal, tax or accounting issues relating to an investment with Colombian Treatinal Investments. The analysis included in this document has been produced by Colombia Treatinal Investments for its own investment management activities, may have been acted upon prior to publications and is made available here incidentally. Any opinions expressed are made as at the date of publication but are subject to change without notice and should not be seen as investment advice. This document includes forward-looking statements, including projections of future economic and financial conditions. None of Columbia Treatino Investments, its directors, officers or employees make any representation, warranty, guarantee or other assurance that any of these forward-looking statements will prove to be accurate. Information obtained from external sources is believed to be reliable, but its accuracy or completeness cannot be guaranteed. Issued by the Treat Needle Management Luxembourg SA, registered with the Registre de Commerce et de Société, Luxembourg, registered number B110242, 44 Rue de Valais, L2661 Luxembourg, Grand Duchy of Luxembourg. Colombian Treat Needle Investment is the global brand name of the Colombian and Treat Needle group of companies.